Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 634 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you this evening as we negotiate the final half hour of the show. Tomorrow, it is a pregame show, meaning we're on the air at 3.30 ahead of the Oilers and Blackhawks live from Chicago at 6.30. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now. 15 Edmonton and area locations, four in Calgary, one in Red Deer as well. You can head online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Well, this had to be a daunting part of the Edmonton Oil Kings schedule, heading right out to BC to start the new year down through the U.S. division. It wasn't just a seven-game road trip. It was seven games against seven tough teams and a long one at that. So uh, a 4-2-1 record on that road trip, I think, is, is considered a success, at least from my vantage point. But let's hear it from our headliner today, the head coach of the Oil Kings. Luke Pierce brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you have ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Luke, are you happy to be home now? <laughs> yeah, certainly happy to be home, Brennan. It's, uh, it was a long one, but uh, a rewarding trip for sure. And uh, But yeah, nice, nice to be back home here. Well, no kidding. And, and and so it starts in in Prince George and sort of in the backdrop of all this, there's a blockbuster trade. Grayson Sochin joins the fold. We'll talk about his production momentarily, but you drop the puck in Prince George against a team who at that time was the tops in, in the Western League by record. And uh, you're able to come away from there with a 6-4 victory. So uh, maybe just take us through that game and, and setting the table for what, as I mentioned, would go on to a 4-2 and, and and one roadie. Yeah, I don't think you could ask for a for a better start, and not just to the road trip, but to the game. I mean, we got out to a to an early four nothing lead, and scoring three in the first, and uh, you know, Ty Nash with a with a hat trick in the first period, and uh, you could just tell a really rejuvenated looking group, and adding some guys back from injury, and Adam Yako and, and Skylar Bruce was their big additions, and. As you mentioned, a, a trade that kind of happened uh, over the break there that was announced that day, and um, just I think you know sent another shot of energy through our team, and we played extremely well. I think caught them a little bit off guard, and uh, it was a great way to get some momentum rolling on the trip, especially knocking off a team at the time, like you mentioned, was was top of our league. So you go through Prince George, Van, uh, Vancouver, another game you won, second in a row. And at that point, you add uh, you add Grayson Sochin, who, if for those who missed the story a couple of weeks ago, was he's a second-round pick of the Florida Panthers. He comes to uh, the Oil Kings organization in you know, a time for a player like him, you don't really often get that chance until he's sort of a 20-year-old uh, to, to make a trade at him. Already the returns, Luke, and I don't need to tell you this but for the listeners six points in six games four goals uh, clearly a big part of the future here yeah no question and I think there was 
probably some eyebrows raised uh, around the league, and I think even probably with our own fan base on on the addition of a of a player of, of Grayson's caliber and just kind of where we're at in our you know in the rebuild and the structure of our team. And um, I'll give Kurt Hill a ton of credit. I mean, he's uh, you know, an aggressive general manager and saw an opportunity to add a, a real good player, not just this year for our team, but but for the future as well. And he's a guy that's going to help our dressing room and, and some of our other young players just learn, you know, a little bit more about what it takes to be a pro. And you know, we've seen that in the past with, with having real elite players uh, working together and how hard they push one another. And it was something that, that we'd been targeting. And I give Kurt a lot of credit for adding a player, Grayson's ability. And he certainly, um, you know, lived up to his billing so far here uh, with our team. A slow start to the season for the Oil Kings. Um, finding scoring, I think, was maybe a bit of an issue. But now when you look at the stats sheet, you've got Ty Nash, a point per game. You've got Skylar Bruce, a point per game. You've got Adam Yeko, nearly a point per game. Gavin Hodnett has found his footing and uh, actually leads this team once again in scoring. So there's clearly plenty of foundation to build around. And I think you touched on it there, Luke, when you get the ignition, that that fire starter that a player with Grayson Solchin's ability can can have. I wonder how inspiring that is to the rest of the group. And hey, we can, you know, maybe not the, the top of the division or anything like that, but I imagine it makes showing up at the rink a lot more fun for these guys. Yeah, there's no question, and I, I was impressed all trip long with uh, with their resolve. I mean, I thought uh, maybe one of the best games we played was in Victoria, and, and ran up against a hot goaltender and lost in overtime. But then for the, the way we played in Everett, and you could just see a different demeanor. Uh, it's a team that uh, they have a lot of fun, but they're extremely competitive, and and they feel like they belong right in the mix. I know talking in Kelowna that one of the comments is, you know, this might be the best 11th place team that uh, that they've seen, and uh, we don't see ourselves. That I, we had a lot of misfortune early in the year, and you bring up names like Ty Nash and Skylar Bruce. I mean, these are guys who miss significant time, and um, there was a lot put on the rest of our roster to try and hold the tide. And now with those guys all back in the mix, I think we're a, we're an extremely energized group, and you know we're looking forward to to making a strong push here uh, down the stretch. Couple more questions for the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Luke Pierce. Uh, they've got a, a reasonably long home spell coming up, but before we look at that, I want to get some thoughts on Blake Fiddler who is someone that we were certainly intrigued by uh, heading into this season. Point production hasn't really been there, but I imagine that's not the focus when you're talking about a 16-year-old defenseman transitioning to the Western League. What have you uh, noticed from the, the rear guard? And Vern's kid, of course. Yeah, I know he's been a... Uh, I think he's exceeded, it's fair to say, exceeded expectations. And you know, we had high expectations for him, so it's not like we've we set the bar low. We set it quite high. Um, but he's averaging, you know, 20 plus minutes a night. He did it, you know, 20 plus minutes every night on the road trip, which is extremely challenging for any player, never mind a 16 year old. And he looked ex- like a lot of our guys just rejuvenated with a trip home and a break and catching up with family. But, uh, you know, a lot of comments from visiting teams and coaches and, um, and broadcasters just about, you know, the talent that we have in Blake and, uh, the point production and those things I, I know will come here with development and time and uh, a little more confidence on the ice but he's playing uh, beyond his years right now and I think physically has probably been the one area that uh, we've been the most impressed with he's uh, he's not intimidated and uh, he's played in some really tough buildings on this trip and it was a great experience for him and, and all of our young players 
Big frame, of course, but that's still a 16-year-old kid out there we're talking about. And he did, Luke, get to experience the Hockey Canada circuit with the U-17 tournament. Can you notice a difference in a player who's gained experience through an event like that right away? Or does it take some time for the habits or things that they may have picked up to come out in the wash? No, you'd, you'd certainly notice it. And I think we've seen a lot of players, you know, in, in the six years I've been here, go through that program and, and, and being a coach on that program at one time too. I think it's guys come back from that with, with uh, you know, either motivated because they went and played with their peer group and they feel really good about themselves. Uh, and it just kind of helps kickstart their, their season. And other guys come back extremely motivated because maybe they didn't get to play as much as they, they believe they should have and, and they have something to prove. And I think that that's the case with Blake. I probably wasn't thrilled with the opportunity. I know he loved being there and being with Hockey Canada, but he's a competitor and I think he probably wanted to be playing more and deserved to play more. And he came back with a bit of a chip on his shoulder and, um, you know, we've been the benefactor of it. So uh, certainly though, I think it, it's a huge boost of confidence to be named to that. And, and uh, he's been, he's been very good since he came back. So you have uh, five of the next seven at home, but the other two are just down the highway in Red Deer. You must be looking forward to an extended opportunity without, uh, and I know that there's certainly benefits to being on the road with the group, but after a long trip like that, some time at home, I'm sure it's been, uh, will be appreciated. Yeah, there's no question. And I, I mean, we put over just over 3,000 kilometers on the bus together as a group, and uh, it certainly did a lot of good things, and it brought this group a lot closer. But uh, it'll be nice here to be at home and, and get some work in. And, you know, we haven't had a practice essentially since Boxing Day. So uh, it'd be nice to get some work in, but we, we've got to be a lot better uh, at home than we were in the first part, and, and that's something that I know our guys are excited to do. And, you know, for kids like Grayson and, and Andre Tomasek that we added to our roster as well, I'm really excited to get here and be playing in Rogers and um, always great crowds here in the second half. So it'll be, uh, it'll be a great few weeks, and, uh, and hopefully we can keep this ball rolling. Thursday, it's Bob Torrey's Tri-City Americans in town. Luke, we wish you the best of luck. Thanks, Brennan. Thanks for having me. Luke Pierce, head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, 13-22-2. And two on the year. Reed Wilkins coming in next to tell you what's coming up on Inside Sports. We'll probably talk about hockey and probably a little bit about McLeod Bethel Thompson, the new starting quarterback of the Edmonton Elks. What's going on? We'll find out in a bit. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. tell you i think there's a lot of people just cheering for the washington huskies in this national football or national college championship game uh, just for the sake of wanting to see someone other than michigan or a mainstream team win and that's fine i've been a uh, washington huskies football fan since i was probably 15 or 16 grew up in bc so it's sort of the closest team that you can cheer for and that's how i've always affiliated so to see them at this stage of the game is pretty exciting uh, but they are they're getting shellacked a little bit by the wolverines it's 17 to 3 in the second quarter i just want to see a team from a conference that technically 
it still exists? Well, it still exists, but they're going to have two teams <laughs> next year. Was it Oregon State uh, yeah. and somebody else? Well, they're, how is that not functioning as an independent? Well, them, I was it? reading a few weeks ago, they'll still be in the conference, but they'll just kind of play their own schedule. And these two teams will be in the same league next year. Because Washington's going to the Big Ten, that's right. So they could. I don't. I don't. Well, I imagine the schedule's already out for next year. So, yeah, uh, it is. It's it's fun to watch. I mean, I don't follow college football super closely. I kind of get into it more around this time of year. But yeah, this game has been a lot of Michigan running and Washington chasing so far. Yeah, Michigan's got two great running backs. One of them, Blake Corum, is going to get drafted this year. The other, Don Edwards, is likely next year's draft class, but uh, both uh, find a way to stop Washington, please. Anyway, uh, that is the football south of the border. North of the border, McLeod Bethel Thompson links up with the Edmonton Elks. Consternation because Trey Ford is the incumbent and just lost his seat to somebody that may well be more impactful this year, but are you willing to lose your former first-round quarterback because he's not going to see the field now? By the way, yes, Washington and Michigan play each other October 5th next season. In, in Michigan? In, in the Big, Big 12. Uh, I'm not sure who home is. I can't tell on this grid. Uh, it's... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Trey Ford doesn't feel great. Uh, I thought Chris Jones and MBT said all the right things today. Um, I mean, there's almost the sense of this is a one-year contract, mm-hmm. and that's it. <laughs> so, you know, they're not talking about, okay, MBT, show us what you can do, and then we'll sign you till you're 40. It almost feels like this is a year uh, in which we need to win. The team's been horrible, you know, three years. And really, even the last year and a half under Moss weren't that great. No. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of going back to almost 2017 when you felt like the team really had a legitimate chance to win the Grey Cup. So, you know, they, they, they're they trying to turn that around. Look, right now, this moment, McLeod Bethel-Thompson is a better quarterback than Trey Ford. He led the USFL in passing yards last year. I didn't realize yeah, that he when did. the no, move he was played, made. Yeah, no, he played. Yeah, he played all ten games and one or two playoff. I can't remember if they played one or two playoff games, but it, like he's he's a good quarterback. I don't consider thirty five old, especially. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks play mid late thirties or or beyond now if if they want to. Uh, yeah, it's just how is this going to be handled with Ford, and whether it's fair or not. The fan discussion and media discussion, Chris Jones doesn't like Trey Ford, which I, I don't really think is true, but you look at what happened uh, last year where you had a team literally being shut out twice and not moving the ball a lot for the first eight games of the season and Ford's not getting into action and all these other discussions. Did he draft them to be a receiver, to be a DB, to be the take advantage of this rule that you could have two quarterbacks on the field? All that kind of stuff. I think I think Ford can play quarterback. I think he can be a good quarterback. I think he showed flashes of that last year. I think his ability to scramble and keep plays alive with his legs is is very very good if not excellent like maybe the best we've seen in Edmonton for a while for a mobile quarterback but still you want him to pass first and I thought he was taking steps there last year and certainly they beat 
Uh, I mean, the four wins were... Let, let's face it, last year in the CFL, there were three good teams. There was a decent team that actually wound up winning the Grey Cup because they became good at the end of the year. And then there were five teams that weren't very good. I mean, usually it's like three, three, and three if you divide up the tiers. Yeah, and in a nine-team league, to have so, five teams that aren't very good right. is tough. So, But that's maybe also the opportunity because... Uh, Calgary might not be good again. Saskatchewan might not be good again. Eventually, Winnipeg's just going to age out, <laughs> to use a college term. Yep. You know, it's to me, it's BC's division if you're looking at it right now. So maybe there's the opportunity for the Elks getting the ball, you know, with an experienced quarterback who can get the ball to those receivers to make an impact mm-hmm. and use Ford maybe in a unique role. And let's face it, Scott, as we've seen, most quarterbacks don't make it through all 18 games. No chance. Uh, you have to be willing to get creative with Ford, and I don't think they have the creativity there now with Jarius Jackson. Well, Jarius I, is I different than, than is McAdoo, for sure. Potential. Anyway, so, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk sure. more, but that, yep. that'll be the first, uh, a lot of the first half hour of the show tonight. Comments from MBT. Is that what we're just going to call him? Is that easier than Bethel Thompson or McLeod Bethel Thompson? Yes. The law firm. MBT. Who was somebody? It was Dave. It used was, to call him the uh, law firm. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis was the NFL player that used to get called the law okay. firm. Although anybody with a hyphenated name, I suppose, is the law firm. Uh, we'll have comments from Jones and from MBT. Uh, we'll talk some Oilers, of course, as they get ready to go tomorrow. Kelly Rudy is uh, on the show as well. He will touch on Zach Hyman and Knobloch's demeanor behind the bench. Two good things that are driving the Oilers' success right now. You heard from Knobloch a little earlier in the show about that composed demeanor, and you heard from Vinny DeHarnay about how that reverberates through the roster, through the dressing room, etc. This day in Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel. Join an exclusive four-night trip to see the Oilers play the Stars in Dallas in April. Uh, give New West Travel a call. We go back to 2003. Fernando Pisani made his NHL debut in a 1-0 road win over Anaheim. Played 35 games in his rookie season, had 13 points. Drafted in the 8th round of 1996 by the Oil. You talk about taking the long road to the NHL. And I'm sure that's been uh, picked apart many times over over the years, but pretty impressive when you think about Fernando Pisani being such an integral part of that 2006 run. Thanks, and he was the, uh, what did they call him, the mass skater last week. Yeah. At the skills competition. He came out wearing like this really dark visor, looked more like a motorbike racing helmet or something. Great concept, but if I, I would be lying if I told you that wasn't my initial reaction when you said that it was a member of oh, the when alumni. I teased it, yes. And I thought, well, I mean, if he's from the area, there's only a handful of guys, right? Yeah. It had to be Fernando. Anyway, I uh, appreciate that. Stick around. Reed has Inside Sports coming up next. Tomorrow, we do have a big show for you as the team gets set to to play the Blackhawks in Chicago. You'll hear from the general manager of the Oilers, Ken Holland, in a one-on-one with Bob. Brian Lawton, former player, GM, agent, will check in for Wow Factor Desserts. And we'll put together a farm report for our friends at Wave Bathroom Renovations. Professional bathroom renovations built right. Hire Wave Bathroom Renovations and know that your bathroom will turn out great. Don't touch that dial. Reed's got your sports programming for the next hour plus. Zach Ferguson has a global news weather traffic update. Thank you very much, Kellen Kennedy. I'm Brendan. We'll talk tomorrow.